Capital of the world. It's the TC Martin Show. A freshman has won it for the Wolverines. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Doctor is now in. Oh, glad to have you here on this Wednesday, middle of the work week, hump day, wild Wednesday, call it what you want. TC Martin back from Houston, and mucho thanks uh, to the crew filled in for me while I was in H Town. Scott Spritzer, Marco D'Angelo on Friday, and Brian Feldman, outstanding job yesterday, and of course, Numchuck, my man here for a Holding it down, making it all happen, pressing all the buttons for a majority of the right time. It was like 85% right. You were 85%. I was about about 85. That's a pretty good free throw shooting percentage. But as far as radio goes, I'm not exactly sure if that's really where you want to be. You want to be pretty much close to 100. I was trying. Okay. You try real hard. All right. Very nice, my friend. All right. uh, Yeah. So much thanks uh, to everybody. Uh, there, who uh, here back in Vegas uh, while I was traveling, got back uh, late last night, and uh, of course, plenty of stories to tell. And I'm sure Numchuck would just love to take this first segment and talk about my Houston trip because I know that. <laughs> I think I just want to go day by day. <laughs> Let's just start day one. What'd you do? Day one. Okay, so I flew in. When did I fly in? Friday morning. Friday. Yeah. Fr- fr- Friday. Okay, so Friday, uh, checked in the hotel, uh, again, downtown area. Checked in with us. Uh, checked in with, with you guys. The, the show hosted at the Westgate, the Superbook with Scott and Marco. And, uh, that, that went well. Um, yeah, I got in no problem. No problems with the flight. No, no flight issue. No, no travel issue. issue. No. Did you, did you have I do Ariel? Have a fl- I do have a flight story, but that's the return flight. Did you have Ariel? Did not have uh, Ariel, the Lyft driver. Oh, you know who I had? I had this. This is weird. Yeah. So guy picks me up, and uh, we start talking. And yeah, I always like to be friendly to the, yeah. to the to the driver, you know, because we got we got you know half hour, forty five minute drive or whatever, and uh, ask him where he's from. And uh, this guy did speak English, very good English. He's from Houston. But then he says, originally, he goes, I'm from California. So I get that a lot. Yeah. And 85% of the time, it's Southern California. I go, oh, what, what, part, what part of California are you from? He goes, Sacramento. And I go, no oh, way. Boy. No way. He goes, no, I am. And, it, and I go, really? And then he rolls up his sleeve and shows me a tattoo. It says, Sacramento on it. Now, even guys from Sacramento don't want to be. I've never seen anybody who lives in Sacramento who has a Sacramento tattoo. This guy lives in Houston, has a Sacramento tattoo. So, yeah, so the, the ride was smooth. Got to the hotel in plenty of time so I could get to the Astros game on Friday night. And again, you know, that, that Friday night game was a huge game for them because that was, even though the home opener was Thursday night. 
Yeah. Friday night was the pomp and circumstance. Friday night was the night that they were giving out the rings. Yep. So um, I got into the park right when they were starting the ring ceremony, which was very, very cool. Uh, great atmosphere. And the Astros won the game that night. So, uh, yes, very, very, very good first night. Astros victory. Ring ceremony. Were they in the Space City jerseys that, that you despise? No, that's Monday. Monday. They do Monday Space City. Okay. They usually do the orange on on Fridays. And then the blue, which I really like on Sunday. Are they doing uh, retros at all this year, do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. But I did get a couple presents. I love it. Well, I was there. Presents are always fun. I got a present. You got a present. I mean, present for me. No, I can't. I, I, I know what you meant. <laughs> now, if I if I could could kipe a ne- uh, another one, I would. But uh, there you go. What do you think of that? You wish we had video right now. You just stole that from Dusty. Don't lie. I, I didn't. Yeah, his is uh, is gigantic. But I want you to feel this. This is a Astros World Series championship ring. I want you to feel that. Why are you stealing Pena's ring? <laughs> Dude, you can't steal JP's ring. I didn't steal anybody's ring, man. It's, but is that is that is that pretty heavy? Decent quality. They were giving these out. And this is what fans got. They got an Astros championship ring, a replica ring. I but love it. it. It this is it, it's no, very, it's very decent, heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It was it was pretty cool. So uh, there you go. It's funny you immediately look at Jeremy Pena. Why yeah. you? St- I was gonna yeah. say, why are you stealing Pena's ring? Yeah. That's what they gave me, man. There it is. I'm, I'm a shortstop now. Don't you know that? Yeah. Yeah. No, these rings are are they're heavy. They're heavy. They're big. They're rock. Even Dusty was blown away by it, saying craziness. So yeah. Then uh, dinner Friday night. Uh, well, really didn't eat, uh, but just more. At uh, one of our favorite spots. Shout out, of course, uh, to Mr. Jim Crane and my main man, Nate. Nate the Great, uh, who listens long distance. Uh, the the fine host at Potente Restaurant. And yeah, so that was a spot uh, as we've gone many, many times. Uh, afterwards, uh, had a great time there. And luckily that the Astros won that game uh, Friday night because they haven't been off to a great start. But uh, again, so then they, they won Friday night. And uh, lost on Sunday, and uh, won today though. So on getaway day, so they got a victory of the Tigers today. But yeah, uh, White Sox and Astros. So I got to see two of those games Friday and Sunday. That was great. Hold on, before we go any farther. Yes, pitch clock. Let's talk this. Okay, so the pitch clock. I was actually kind of surprised. I was shocked that. Remember, I said I I need to experience this yeah. to see where my eyes were going to go. I wasn't focused on the clock. And it was probably maybe an inning into it where I said, oh, let me check out the pitch clock. And it it wasn't a distraction at all. I didn't even think about it. Now, I don't know if it was just because used to that park, and but the the flow of the game was was great. There was nothing nothing wrong with that. But I remember us talking yeah. about this and how am I going to react to this? What's it going to be like? But honestly, didn't notice it. 
didn't even notice it. And as the game went on, there were no pitch clock violations. However, when we got to the ninth inning, all right, there was a lot of drama with that about uh, the pitcher for the White Sox, their closer, stepping off a couple different times. And Dusty even went out to at the end to talk to the umpire. Um, and this guy actually balked uh, in, in Sunday's game in the ninth inning as well, too. So there were no violations. Um, did not see that. But did see a balk. But no violations, automatic uh, balls for the pitcher, or not an automatic strike called on the hitter in the two games that I was at. So non-factor. And it probably goes to show that these guys have been well-schooled during the course of spring training and are, are are really not affected by it. But they have gotten used to it. And it's it's going to be one of these things where it's going to become a non-factor, I think, very, very soon. So did you see Sandy Alcantara? I can't even say his Alcantara? Last. Yeah. Yeah, what about him? How long that game From was? Miami? How, how long the game was against the Twins? Mm-mm. Hour and 57 minutes. Wow, 157. He went nine innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, five. And he went the distance. And he went the distance. That's shocking in itself right there. So this is what you're going to get. So I was looking at the clock, like how long these games went. Uh, the games are where I was at, two hours and 45 minutes. So they were still going. They were still, I mean, yeah, not that different. But, but there was plenty of mound visits. Yeah. You got into that. So I saw what, a 6-3 game. I saw two 6-3 games. 6-3, Astros win on Friday, they lose on Sunday, 6-3. And I noticed today's game, because I was keeping an eye on that while I was coming in today, and that game was three hours, you know, today, and final score, Astros beat the Tigers 8-2. to So, I think, mean, yeah, more runs that are scored, you will have that type of thing where the games will approach three hours. But it did fly by. It, it really did, because I looked up at the scoreboard and I go, Wait a minute, I got to get my hot dog now. It's already the fifth inning. Yeah, I got to go right now. So, of course, I was thinking about you when, when I did the whole food thing as well, too. So, that was great. Uh, Mattress Mac, got a chance to, to see him. A lot of st- great stories uh, with that. Got a chance to go uh, uh, watch a couple innings in his suite. And he's got seats all over the ballpark. He's got seats all over the ballpark. Lucky. And I was asking for a friend. Uh, for some seats, and I, uh, I was going going to get my media credential, and he was outside, and so we ran into each other, and I said, "Hey, Mac," I said, "What do you got ticket wise today?" And he goes, "Oh, he goes, here's my phone. Give me." He goes, "Take my phone and just go to my MLB ballpark app and pick out whatever you want like that." And I said, "Well, it's not for me." I said, "I know some people were asking me for for tickets today." Yeah, I mean that's the way it is. So you, now you know why. He had to give me his phone, and he wanted me to go through because it's his account, and he was probably swamped. There with you go, there you go, bombarded, and and he walked up, boom, and we started talking. Then all of a sudden, here come the people, unbelievable. And like he didn't he say that on the show Monday, right? Yeah, where, where he didn't get a chance really to see an inning of any of the games over the weekend because he was bombarded. But hey, by the way, and I appreciate Mac for joining us on 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 Monday on the show. I have no tickets in my ballpark app. You don't? Nope. Why? Because I'm not Mattress Mac. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you have a ballpark uh, I, app. I'm surprised. I do, do, do have you, you know, been to a game? I have. Okay. I used to live at Wrigley. Well, I know, but I know not when not, the ballpark app was. So basically, I downloaded this for yeah. us. 
because it's oh. got it's got that food map in it. Yeah, and that's so right. like I was going through and like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so that the, the baseball part of it uh, was fantastic, and then of course we go to the final four on Saturday, and um, seventy three thousand in attendance. Atmosphere was fantastic. Didn't matter which teams were there or which teams were not there. It was a great atmosphere. And, of course, the Saturday night game, the first game between San Diego State and Florida Atlantic, outstanding. I just felt really bad for Florida Atlantic. Uh, They had a 14-point lead over San Diego State. And even San Diego State players and fans, they knew. They they shouldn't have advanced to Monday's championship game. But they hit the buzzer beater uh, at the end of the game, and that was the only lead that they had. In the second half, in the final second of the game, so felt very bad for Florida Atlantic, those players, coaches, and fans. And then we knew what was going to happen Monday night. San Diego State was going to get drilled by UConn, which they did. And UConn looked fantastic because they blew out Miami. And uh, then they blew out uh, San Diego State. 16-point victory on Monday night to to win the national championship. But uh, just very impressed with with everything the NCAA does as, as far as how they run uh, the events and everything. One thing that I was kind of a little perturbed about, and what, I shouldn't say perturbed, but check this out. And this was different than last year in New Orleans. So um, I'm there on, on the court, and they didn't want to allow the media on the court immediately after the game because they're going to, you know, put, yeah. put they put the, the, the little stage risers up there for them to take their pictures. They want to cut down the nets. So start to make my way on the floor and they go, uh, no, not, not till after they cut down on the nets. So they weren't allowing media. So of course, our good friend, your, your buddy TJ Reeves, of course, wants to summons me to the back to, Hey, will you come on and, and, and do interview with me. And, you know, he'll do his college basketball coast to coast show. I said, fine. Cause we were doing that after the games on, on Saturday and, and then Monday night after the championship game, kind of like we did last year. I go, that's fine. So now we get done with that. And I head back to the court. They're not allowing any media on the court still because you ready for the rule? What is the rule? The rule is so it's like a herd of media or waiting to, you know, come through the tunnel, Got right? You. Yeah. And they go, you got to be held back. You can't, you can't go. Not uh, yet. Not what, yet. What is the reason for this, sir? Not allowed to go. Until 30 seconds after the completion of One Shining Moment. <laughs> Explain this to me. So, me being the guy that I am, uh, what does that have to do with anything? We can't be out there for One Shining Moment. And there are some of these media guys that are crazy about One Shining Moment. I haven't missed One Shining Moment ever. It's like, it, it's it, it's it's the, one of the worst I told you never to play this song again. The worst Luther Vandross song of all time. And the curtain set to rise. So why they they don't want anyone out there until 30 seconds after the completion, and then they go off the air, right? So then you hear someone right outside the court. They go, "Let him in!" And then here comes the herd of cattle. Now while the herd of cattle are running onto the court now, okay, as UConn players are still cutting down the nets. So, you know, so got some good pictures with that. But you'll like this story. 
So Charles Barkley is running off the court, done with the broadcast, actually running, jogging into the tunnel. And then there's some meat runs. Yeah. Slow jog. Okay. Slow jog. And then while we're, you know, yeah, some people I, are running or walking fast, right? Going right by each other, right? In the, you. in the tunnel. You got, I got, I got, you got the I visual. Got, I got the visual. Beautiful. Beautiful. So some media goofball says, Hey, Chuck, Yukon, baby, Yukon. You know what Barkley's response was? I don't give a bleep. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and this guy was like, why would he say that? I go, because he's here for the check, baby. Exactly. He's here for the, he's off. He's done. He's going to go party. He's going to get on a plane and go back home. His deal is over. He's getting paid. Just cracks me up. But of course, being Charles Barkley, He's going to just say whatever's on his mind. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have, I know I wouldn't have done that, but it's like, you know, I don't give us. <laughs> so, you know the word that he used. Yep. There you go. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so that was that. So, Saturday, Monday, great stuff. Uh, fan bases were out of their mind, they were bonkers. The transportation system, you know, you're dealing with light rail, so it's craziness. With all that, and they made it free for from Friday through Monday night, so everybody rode so every, the rail yeah. for free. Yeah, no media buses. Oh, you guys just ride the rail. Well, do we need passes for the rail? What do we need here? Oh no, it's free. What do you mean it's free? It's you know, these guys are trying to make money. No, no, no. The city of Houston says everybody rides the rail for free, which means. Everybody's on the rail. Houston messed up. They could have had some extra cash in their pockets. I was looking at that building and that arena, and I'm just thinking, look at the money-making machine that they've got going on here. It is amazing. They got, obviously, you know, you've got your concessions, but you've got the NCAA official merchandise. You got that going. Um, You know, I know people that were trying to get tickets the final hour before the game, getting the lower level for as low as two hundred bucks. That's impressive, because these seats were going for two thousand twenty five hundred. If you had VIP packages, oh yeah, ten grand for the VIP package would get you up close, you know, to the court and get you. Um, you can after the championship game and. After everyone else is gone, you can get on the floor on Monday night uh, for that. So, yeah, what a money-making machine. But uh, for me, no different from last year, even though you had the Blue Bloods. You know, you had Kansas and, you know, Villanova. You know, you had uh, North Carolina. You had all those teams there. Uh, Great, great, great experience uh, all the way around. Hmm. Next question. How about this root beer float? That root beer float. Oh, for lunch yesterday. For for lunch yesterday. Okay. So uh, you saw the picture. No, you. I saw the picture of the. You burger. saw the, the you burger. S- you said and the there dog. was no burger, or, yeah. or you said that there was a picture and there was a story that I should ask you today. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So uh, my man Nate uh, says, "Where do you want to go?" And I said, "I'd I'd want to uh, g- give me your best burger." I said, "Give me your best burger." I was in a burger mood. 
or a steak sandwich. I said, let's go burger. He goes, I got the spot. So he takes me to the burger joint. So it's called the it's burger. Called the burger. The joint. burger joint. That's the and, place that has those the, 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 the fresh cut fries. Yeah. Oh baby. boy. Got to be fresh cut fries for the prerequisite. Exactly right. And just like when I went my my steakhouse to Vic and Anthony's, fresh cut sea salt fries as well too. Um, which didn't make the picture because I figured people wanted to see the baked potato. You know, went both. So anyway, yes. So the burger and the dog, um, and the fresh cut fries. So I said, I think I'm going to go with, with the shake, uh, or a float afterwards. Cause they had the big old sign said, oh, shakes are, are awesome. Floats are awesome. And it had me going. So I get done with the meal and I go to order a root beer float. And I was going back and forth about whether I want a chocolate shake or a root beer float. It was a tough call. So I said, do you use chocolate ice cream for your chocolate shake? Very relevant question. Uh, well, because uh, yeah. me, that, that's, the, that's the only question I'm asking yep. because I don't want vanilla, as you well know, and I don't want the chocolate syrup because it's not a chocolate shake. A chocolate shake is the chocolate ice cream. And here I go again. Whatever the flavor of that shake is, it better be the flavor of that ice cream. Not vanilla with some, you know, Rudy Poo little flavoring, okay? Or syrup. I can't stand that. All right. So they got to call in the reinforcements because, well, I don't think so. Let me get a manager over here. All right. So... And anytime you got to get a manager and they don't know the brand of hot dogs they're using or the ice cream, you, you know you're in a little bit of trouble. So I'm starting to, okay, I may have to back off of this, even though I'm kind of really jonesing for a chocolate shake or a root beer float. So come back and they go, uh, no, we don't use chocolate ice cream. We use a chocolate flavoring and it's mixed in. So now I'm lost. I'm mixed, uh, mixed in. Okay. Tell you what, I'll just go with the root beer float. Oh, root beer float? Okay, fantastic. Root beer float. I go, now, what's that? That's what vanilla ice cream, of course, right? I'm looking around. Oh, God, no. I don't see any ice cream. I don't see an ice cream. So you know what they're pointing to? They're pointing to the soft serve machine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Soft serve yep. machine. All right? So they start to make the root beer float. I go, is this what you're using to make the root beer flow? They go, yeah. I go, time! I look around like, what? I go, thank you very much. Have a nice day. And I'm gone. Yep. Do you blame me? Now, I don't I, blame you at all. See, there you go. Okay. I know some people are going to say, okay, we know you're a snob. You're a seat snob. You're a food snob. You're all this other stuff. Well, yes, true. But I didn't want to have the root beer flow. I'm sure it would have been good. But I don't want the soft serve out of the machine. So that's why you did not see the picture of the root beer float. I got you. Contest. <laughs> Jackrabbit Slims? Yeah. This place is kind of like Jackrabbit Slims. Old school, been around for about 25 years. I will tell you, man, burgers, outstanding. All right? Outstanding stuff. So, and the fresh cut fries. So that's my story with that. Yeah. I will say this. Um... I do have a story on the way home, though. Okay. Well, let, let's okay. hear this returning flight story. The returning flight story last night. Okay. Um, got there on time. No delays. Okay. Going. going. Got the airport plenty early. Um, no delays. Fine. Have you ever gone through 
picking the wrong seat before. As in, you have the ticket that's A seven or A, you know, seven A. Yeah, and, and you have you have no idea that you know that you think that's going to be a pretty good seat, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the return was on Southwest. Okay. So you know Southwest where you the herd of cattle and you get to pick. You know, it's a it's free for all, right? Yes. Okay. So I was in kind of the, the later part of, the, of of the first group, and I like to sit in the front. All right. So when I'm booking my own flight, or if I do the Southwest thing, I like to sit either first, second, third. I just like to be up front. Okay. So there's an open seat in 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 the front, and this girl is sitting. Teenage girl is at the window, and there's a guy on the aisle. So I'm going, eh, everything else. Yeah, I prefer an aisle seat, but I don't want to go in the mid or the back. So I just look and I say, you know, and neither one was large, That's which is key. You know, I don't want to have enough yes. room, especially if you're going to go middle seat. But I really like that extra leg room that you get yeah. in the front. So I, I said, you know, okay. And they go, sure. So I had two bags of Lay's potato chips with me, the smaller ones, right? And so the first sign I, I knew I was maybe in trouble here. As the girl who was sitting next to the window, she goes, it, it, as long as you're not going to open those lays in front of me or something like that. I go, oh, I guess I'm sharing now or whatever. Okay. Which I didn't end up doing for, for the reason I'm about to tell you. So I'm sitting next to, I don't know what she is, 16, 17, 18, maybe 19 year old. Uh, I don't know. All right. So. This flight did not have like the television screens or the monitors in front of you. So she's watching a movie. Okay. You know how you go through the, the Southwest app and you yeah. can watch a movie on your phone, right? All right. So I got my jams on. So I got my headset on and I'm looking over and I see that she's watching a movie. Do you know how long it took her to watch this movie? I don't even know what the movie was, but it kind of caught my attention. So I don't know which one it was, but there were three ladies in this movie, and it w- I don't know what it was about or whatever. So I look over, and she's pressing the thing on her phone that like advances the like fifteen seconds. Yeah, there you go. Or, yeah. yeah, I think it was ten seconds, but Something like, right. Yeah. So okay, she, so she's rolling through the credits. You know, okay, okay, okay. Well, okay, you know. So then she starts watching the beginning of the movie, and so I'm looking over, and I'm kind of like, well. Yeah, this looks pretty interesting. Maybe I, I don't know what movie it was, but I was, you know, gonna maybe, you know, check it out, right? And then she skipping forward, skipping forward, and skipping forward. And I just I want to kind of slap her and say, hey, let, 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 slow down, right? right. She, this movie was an hour and 44 minutes. She watched the movie in 16 minutes. I was counting because I was mesmerized by how anybody could watch a movie on their phone, number one, but by fast forwarding this girl watched six movies on a three-hour flight then the next one she went to i recognize that like one of the medea movies oh yeah you know and forward 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 next thing you know she's is there like a another animated pinocchio movie that's out or came out recently Maybe. i don't know because don't it looked know. like a, a long no a pinocchio was one of them so that was one of the i finally i just you know and i think she finally got tired of me looking over and that's when she like turned her <laughs> towards the window like, no, no tc but, no but, but here's where the problem was okay so first of all the way millennials watch movies and we talk about this all the time the attention span major league baseball games you know too long this is why 
I've never seen anybody on their phone watch a movie like this. Have you? You ever seen that? I've done it. You've done it. You're one of these. I've, I watch movies on my phone all the how time. Do you, how can you follow a movie if you take an hour and 44 minute movie and you watch it in 16 minutes? I'm not that bad. But like, I might skip forward and then skip, skip back. So here was the real problem with this. All right. I look over and she's one of these ones that likes to put her feet up on the on the, the on the whatever that whatever is. that thing yeah 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 because we're in the front you. row right yep. she's got two different socks on all right she's got like a, an ankle black sock on and a, a three quarter white sock on right and she has these Crocs on well the Crocs come off within five minutes that I'm there this girl stunk she stank. It was atrocious, atrocious. And I don't know if she hadn't, you know, haven't bathed in, in a week. I don't know if the feet just stunk or whatever. But yeah, it was like green onions hanging all over the place after Wolf Man's sand. Unbelievable. Now, if you're in this predicament and you're sandwiched in and you got stink pot, speed racer watching the movie next to you, wanting to get in your lays, what do you do? So I would. She had the ratty hair. It was like ratty. It was just like I would very this, nice. This you know very nicely stand up, <laughs> turn around, stretch for a second, see that there's twenty four C's open. There wasn't. It was packed flight, man. I packed flight. <sighs> yeah, just hygiene is important when you're on a plane, as we know. Hygiene is important anytime, anywhere. I was stuck to miss non-hygiene. And she's a kid. And I didn't want to insult her. Trying to be nice. Uh, and to add more misery on it, before we took off, she was talking to one of her friends FaceTiming. And you can imagine what that conversation was like. W- was she a loud talker? Oh, yeah. Loud talker, both of them on both ends. I was gonna say it's not like the Jerry's, you know, it's not it's not like yeah. Seinfeld and yeah, yeah. soft talker. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Loud, f bombs, everything else going on. And then she actually had the nerve to tell her friend. She goes, "Okay." She goes, "I'm not hearing this no more." She goes, "You're gonna talk all that ghetto." Bye bye. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. And then she proceeded to get right into the movie train. Stunk. Horrific smell. That's that's one of the bad parts about flying. Can you imagine if that was on an international flight? Well, it wouldn't you know, be in that situation. International flight, you'd have a little more you know, spaciousness, that sort of thing. But anyway, there you go, Numpchuck. There's my flight horror story. Anything good happened today? 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 To, to, I, I don't know. I, no, today. Besides, no, today. Like I said, prep. I tried. I just tried to get as much sleep as I could because I felt I was going to be dragging a little bit. But uh, no, busy day. Uh, you know, got back into my routine. Went to Freddy's. Uh, you know, had my had my my dog today, and uh, got a chance to watch the little Astros. They win, so I, I'm back. I'm ready. I'm ready to rock and roll. There you go. There's my Houston trip for you. That's a very quick hit. <laughs> baseball, trip. basketball, great food. Uh, steaks, burgers. Um, what else did I have? Oh, the pork chop, the outstanding yeah. pork chop. Yeah, polenta, which uh, never really been a big fan of the polenta as a little side. Did you find a good Mexican joint down there? I did not because not yet. 
Well, no, because I'm, you know, oh, and my barbecue. Your barbecue. My, my, my barbecue. Your barbecue. Oh, and I had to get in my papa's barbecue, which was outstanding, you know, with the brisket and the pulled pork. Very peppery, too. Peppery with the ribs. So shout out to all those guys. Appreciate it. All right. On today's show, Pete Gillen's going to join us. All right. Going to wrap up uh, the final four in the championship game with our good friend Pete Gillen. Scott Savloff is going to join us because you know what tomorrow is? The Masters. Our golf guru, our PGA production guru, our television producer, Scott Savloff, will join us uh, live from Augusta. Chuck Esposito over at Red Rock. We talked to him about the betting aspects of the Final Four in the championship game, Major League Baseball, and a whole lot more. So, yes, we got all that happening. We are back. It's a wild Wednesday. There you go. $5 shake. Yeah. How about an $8.99 float without real ice cream? C'est la vie, c'est the old folks. Culture show you never can tell. Now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. Oh, for crying out loud. The doctor. You watch your language on the air. T.C. Martin. Glad to be back from Houston. And don't forget, this Friday, back at the Westgate of Las Vegas, our Friday home at the world-famous Superbook. Come on by, see the show live. Jay Schrader in the house. Get ready for a little NFL draft. We'll talk to Jay about a little Major League Baseball a whole lot more. Marco D'Angelo and others. Back at the Westgate on Friday, our Friday home. And uh, as we recap, maybe for the final time here, Get some final thoughts about the Final Four and the championship game in Houston. Our very good friend from CBS Sports, who has been running just as much as as I have been, but he left the Final Four a little bit early. He, you know, he he wanted to get back home. He wanted to to rest and you know relax a little bit because you know he's a man uh, as we know. Uh, he, CBS and other things that he does. Uh, hopefully that uh, he gets a little bit of an off season now. So before we. You know, let him go for a while. We have to visit with our good friend, the head coach, Pete Gillen, one more time. Pete, what is going on, my friend? Thanks, Simon. Great to be with you. I pulled an oblique muscle in the final four, so I had to get home. I don't know where my oblique is, but I pulled it. So I got home a little early, but uh, had a great time in Houston for three days. Pete, it's uh, at least you didn't pull a groin. All right, we don't want you to pull a groin. <laughs> no, I did not. I did not. Okay. So... Let's talk a little bit about your trip to Houston. Uh, let me let me hear uh, the the sights and sounds for you. I know you had some uh, CBS duties that that you were doing, but you did uh, get out of there uh, a, a little bit early. Uh, I believe it was Sunday, right? Yep. So let, let, let's hear about it. Yep. What I did, I got in there Thursday afternoon. TC went in there, talked to my producer, and then on Friday I went to the convention uh, and I, I gave a clinic from eleven till about. A little before 12, 11.45, 11.50, uh, to the NABC International Wait, Committee. Now, was that about World War II or American history, Pete? Yeah. What was that about? Yeah, it was uh, a little bit, you know, uh, when Marco Polo started going around. It was a while ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? When, when he went to different continents. So I was talking about the continents that Marco and I traveled to. Oh. Uh, and uh, so we, I spoke man offense. I had uh, Jimmy Barron, Jr., was my uh, demonstrator, and we had some other guys, that, some good guys came from all over, you know, from uh, Las Vegas. They helped us. We a little bit man offense, and uh, 
about 10 people fell asleep, three left, a couple of people, you know, put up signs, get rid of me, you know, but uh, I hung in there. I finished about 200 people, and I got a little award afterward, honestly, uh, uh, from the NABC International Committee Lifetime Achievement Award, which is very humbling. So it was a nice nice morning there uh, at the convention center. Um, so then, then that night I had to go study. I had uh, to do a three-point shooting contest and a dunk contest for top high school kids. Uh, you know, in uh, you know, in uh, on TV on CBS Sports Network, they had that contest. Young men and women going to Michigan, Michigan State, uh, UCLA, Duke, etc. So it was fun. I did that for a couple hours, uh, and then the next day, Saturday, I went to visit. I, I really like the military. I, I'm a big fan of military. So, a friend of mine is in an uh, organization called uh, Soldiers to the sidelines, ex-soldiers that has finished their career in the military. They want to be a coach. So I went to speak at uh, a place there, the Rustic, right next to the convention center. I'm sure you've been there and had about 24 beers yourself. You were there and uh, uh, talked to them about, we need good people in the, in the, in the coaching profession. We need, the, you know, the military people. Most of them really know about teamwork, integrity, loyalty, honesty. So we talked a little bit about that and uh, visited with them. I put some rolls in my pockets, and I left, and then some food. And uh, then I visited a friend of mine, a new coach at Manhattan College, named John Gallagher. was with him for a little bit at the Rustic. And then I went to visit another friend of mine, Lanny Van Eman, who's a coach who used to coach uh, at uh, many years ago at uh, Oregon State, Wichita State, and West Virginia. So that was it. I touched bases and uh, watched a game at the hotel, my, my hotel. And uh, that was it. Came home on, on Sunday. So it was a quick in and out, but uh, I was thrilled to be there. All right. And the best meal that you had, Pete? What was the best meal? Uh, I went to electric chair. What time was it? Friday night. I had, uh, I had a toss salad and some uh, a plankton and some fungi because my budget's kind of low, so I couldn't <laughs> eat the good food. <laughs> what do you mean? You're on CBS's dime. Are you kidding me? Do I need to talk to somebody over there? Increase Pete Gillen's yeah, uh, food budget? No, I got no juice. My contract goes from a.m., the PM, so I, you know, I don't want to get anybody upset. So I, uh, I, uh, wait, know, wait, I no, that, it sounds going. like that's an AM PM budget, you know, like the, the gas station, the AM PM, where you get that hot dog that's been on that little, that uh, roller for about, uh, uh 36 hours. <laughs> I know. Then you got to go get a stomach pump and get the, get pump your stomach out after the poison you put in you for that, that stuff that's there for six weeks. But yeah, no, so I, I had a good meal there. I'm trying to think, uh, where else uh, we went? No, that was, that was about it. Uh, the rustic, we had a good meal at the rustic, you know, right next to the convention center. You're nothing fancy, but uh, I'm kind of a low budget guy. I don't try to get too fancy with the big meals. I go to Vegas. That's another story. Forget about it. You know, we go there. But <sighs> maybe, maybe uh, CBS uh, listened to Rex Chapman. Maybe they think you're dead, Pete. So that way, <laughs> you're getting no budget. <laughs> I- <laughs> exactly. Yeah, a lot of people when I do games, they think I'm dead. So uh, Rex Chapman might have gone on to something. He might, might have been a little precocious. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm uh, I, you know I'm living on memories. Most of them are bad, but I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Pete Gillen is the best, ladies and gentlemen. He's fantastic, and if, uh, you've had to hear Pete, uh, you know, doing the games. Uh, fantastic. Uh, the old coach at Virginia, Xavier, Providence, and. Uh, 
uh, the, the guy that has so much self-deprecating humor, I, I can't stand it. But uh, uh, you are you are a cra- you are a crack up, Pete. That's all I got to say. You're a classic. Our, our listeners love uh, hearing your stories. But uh, one of the most successful coaches. And congratulations on the award. In all seriousness, congratulations on getting that lifetime achievement award. Well deserved. Well, thank you, TC. It was a humbling uh, experience, but. Uh, from the you know international committee, but I was very humbled by it, and I certainly appreciate it. We had a good crowd, about 200 people at the clinic, so it was nice. It was fun, and uh, try to give back to the game. I know you love the game; you give back to the game, and uh, we both try to do the same thing in different ways. So, Pete, dispel the argument that we hear a lot of fans talking about about this not being a good tournament because you didn't have the blue blood teams. I mean, for me, this is one of the most exciting tournaments, and it doesn't matter who's in it. Because, A, you have to be a fantastic team to get to the tournament. And anybody that wins, uh, you know, two, three to get, you know, into the Sweet 16. And then a team like UConn who, who wins six, especially the way they did in dominating fashion. Uh, I, I thought it was a fantastic tournament. But kind of dispel that argument that is out there, Pete, about, you know, not being a good tournament because you had a four seed win it all. You had two fives there and you had a nine seed instead of number one seeds. Well, it's, it's a great question, TC. The thing was, there was no great team this year. There was no super dominating team or teams. There was some bunch of very good teams. But I agree with you. I mean, I loved underdog. I loved to see the Fairleigh Dickinson upset Purdue. I felt badly for Matt Painter, who I have great respect, was a great coach at Purdue, the number one seed. As you know, none of the number one seeds made it, right? Alabama didn't make it. Purdue got beat, as we just mentioned, by Fairleigh Dickinson. Houston. And Kansas. So I think it's exciting. The underdog. I'm sure the sponsors and some of the silk suitors might want to, you know, the, the same, the Kentuckys and the UCLA's and the Gonzaga's and everybody else and Ohio State and Michigan State. But I, I like the underdog. And, and UConn is one of the old blue bloods. It's their fifth national title since 1999. And as you know, they weren't a top 25 team preseason. You know, why TC? Because they lost their leading scorer, point guard, RJ Cole, graduated. All right, and they uh, lost 45 points from their team, 45 of their 75. So more than half of their points, the guys moved on, graduated, and, and went to Pro Bowl. So uh, they came from you know kind of nowhere. Started off 14 and 0, as you know, got into the Big East and had some battles. Went up 14 and 6 in a conference. So I love the underdog. So people might you know it depends what type of chocolate you want. You know you got 32 choices, but uh, or ice cream. Mm-hmm. I forget it was one of those and. Uh, you know what you want? I'd love to see the underdog win. You had a chalk in there, UConn, and Florida Atlantic. What a great story that is. You know, so uh, I disagree. I, I like to see the underdog win because the, the big guys get all the, you know, the bonuses. They get all the accolades, all the TV exposure. Give the little dog a chance. I agree. Pete Gillen uh, joins as the former head coach and does a fantastic job on the CBS Sports Network, uh, and also uh, CBS during the college basketball season. Pete, there's more parity each and every year, it seems like, you know, especially this year. And we've talked about the low seeds making their way, you know, through the tournament and again, you know, getting to the final four. In your opinion, why has that gap shrunk between the national powerhouses, the blue bloods, like we've talked about, and the small programs? Well, a lot of it is now that the transfers, transfer portal last couple of years. And, you know, young players, they don't want to sit on the bench that much at UCLA or at Duke or North Carolina, you know, or Florida. So they want to go play. So I think that's part of it. A lot of great coaches in the country now and studying. So uh, I love it more parity. I think it's more balanced now. And 
you know, kids want to play and they transfer. They're not happy. And they, that happens, as you know, when they're young, when they're in junior high, if they're not playing much or getting as much attention or recognition, they change junior high. Get to high school, they're not happy, they're not winning enough, they're not getting enough shots, they transfer. Junior college, they transfer. So right now, a lot of transfers, and they're, you know, they're, instead of sitting on a bench at UCLA or Duke or North Carolina, they're playing, you know, at, at lesser schools. So uh, I think it's great, the parity, you know, the balance, and the, I, I think it's great for the sport. I mean, the good teams are always going to be good. Purdue's always going to be good, and, you know, Houston will be good, you know, Kelvin, Sam, Kansas, and Duke. But it's great to see the little guy once in a while get their day on Broadway, get a little bit of sunshine. Let's talk a little bit about from the coaching perspective and talk about Dan Hurley, uh, the coach at UConn. Uh, he took over a program that was kind of dead in the water. I know that seems kind of strange to say, but uh, you know, after Kevin Ollie left, and, and Dan Hurley had had a couple jobs at smaller programs before this, uh, he comes from a coaching family, as you well know. I mean, his dad's one of the legendary high school coaches of all time. I feel that you're a good guy that can speak on this, Pete. You're an East Coast guy through and through, and I know you know the Hurley family. Talk a little bit about Dan Hurley, that family, and what you saw him do with the Connecticut program, because I know you called many of their games this year. Yeah, that's a good question, TC. As you mentioned, I know uh, you know Dan Hurley very well a long time. Bob Hurley, I might have mentioned it before on our show, I tried to hire him. My first head coaching job at Xavier, right. Cincinnati, 1985. I tried to hire Bob Hurley. He's my first because I had helped recruit some of his players to Notre Dame and to Villanova, et cetera. So I know Bob, coach against him in high school. And uh, so uh, I know him a long time, and I know Dan and, and Bob and uh, – you know, Dan, you know, Bobby Hurley Sr. thought about coming, but his two sons wanted to stay, which is natural. Kids don't want to leave New Jersey to come to Virginia, uh, to, to Cincinnati, rather. So, um, But Dan's a great story. His dad is a Hall of Fame coach, Naismith Hall of Fame. His older brother played at Duke, one of the premier programs in the country, the Blue Bloods, top five program in the country, two national titles, all right? So unbelievable. How, how do you grow up in that tree, right? That's, that's intimidating when you have two super, super successful things. So he had some bumps in the road. I coached against him when I was at Providence. Uh, he was at Seton Hall. And, uh, you know, a, a little you know story there. We, we played them. And so he's come a long way. I'm very happy for him. He's a hard worker. He's got his dad's toughness and grit. He's got his mom's, you know, personality and, and charm. So, uh, He's come a long way, so I'm really happy for Dan. He's a good guy. I saw his team practice this year when you were sleeping. I was working in October, you know, saw him practice, and I, I thought they'd be good, but I didn't think they'd be the national title. But to answer your question, Dan's just a hard worker, you know, and he did an unbelievable job with the team this year. And they lost so many guys from last year that they came back. So uh, it's a credit to hard work, persistence, courage, toughness, grit, you know what I mean, and, and believing in yourself. And, and Dan Hurley, I'm really happy for him. Uh, you know, I was rooting also for both of them. I, I didn't have a, a dog in a race because I, I love Brian Dutcher. We do some San Diego State games, as you know, during the year. Uh, I did a couple of their games this year. I did two of their games uh, this year at New Mexico and at Utah State. <laughs> so I was rooting for both of them. So, But I'm happy for Dan Hurley. <laughs> what about the team you were most impressed with the, this, this tournament, uh, Pete? Well, Another good question. I have to say Florida Atlantic. Yeah. I mean, yep. gutty little guys. I mean, beating, you know, top teams coming in, knocking down, you know, and knocking down shots and, you know, beating the team Kansas State and people like that. I, I couldn't believe it. But uh, gritty guys, 
and you know good spacing and uh, you know they, they shoot the threes and toughness and you know Dusty May is a great story fifth year there you know and you know when he got the job he almost you know he hadn't visited he got the job I guess you know on Zoom he came and visited the school and said oh my God what, what did I get myself into so he was a little nervous but he worked hard and uh, I'm very happy for him so that's to me. You know, come from Conference USA, as you know, never got a team into the Elite Eight, never got a team into the Final Four. So that's a, there are so many great stories. How about Bailey Dickinson, right? Last year, they were 4-23, and 23, right? 4-23. and 23. This year, a new coach, a friend of mine, Tobin Anderson, right? Got the job, boom, boom. They get into the tournament. They win, right? Playing games, and they play Purdue, where they beat the number one seed with the player of the year, Zach Eady, right? He got his 20, but everybody else got donuts. Hmm. So, uh uh, you know, so, so many great stories, TC, you know, this year. But I think Florida Atlantic, to me, is, you know, is a premier story coming. You know, uh, people didn't know where they were. They were in Florida, then they're in the Atlantic, but they didn't know anything about them. Yeah. So, great story. I, I agree with you. And I, I love the UConn team. I love the depth. I, I, I just love the way they play, the way they were coached. Uh, you know, unfazed, but that Florida Atlantic team, Pete, I really was rooting for them to get to that championship game. And what a shame because they really deserved to be in that championship game the way they, you know, were leading San Diego State by 14. And then, you know, just the yeah. last couple of possessions didn't go their way, but, but they could score. Uh, they were a legitimate team, a fun team to watch. You mentioned Dusty May. Now, you know that he's going to get offers, but there's not a lot of jobs that are open right now uh, in, in other college programs. A lot of these got swooped up you know, while they were making uh, – Florida Atlantic was making their deep run in, into the tournament here. But we've seen coaches who leave programs uh, like this that you know come out of nowhere, so to speak, uh, where they – you know, don't get a chance to build off of that Cinderella success. And the schools that come to mind are like Florida Gulf Coast. They were great. Then Andy Infield leaves, goes to USC. They were never the same. You could even make that argument about George Mason way back when, when Jim Laranega left for the, the Miami job. Butler, after Brad Stevens left, some decent success. I think uh, Virginia Commonwealth, VCU is another one after Shaka Smart left. Still have not been able to sustain that success. Do you think that FAU can sustain the success, uh, especially if Dusty May leaves for greener pastures? Well, they got to get the right guy, you know, the right leader. Uh, uh, it's, it's difficult. You made some great examples, TC. So it's tough because those schools you mentioned maybe didn't have all the facilities and all the bells and whistles, you know, that the big schools have, the Power 5 schools. Uh, the thing is, it's, it's all about, you know, having the support, the academic support, the facilities, the money for this, you know, the assistance, the head coach, the recruiting budget. So, uh, you know, I think it'd be a challenge to do that. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, time will tell. Hopefully Dusty may stay for a while, but I can't blame him. I mean, coaches want to coach at the highest level and get paid well, right, so he can take care of his family and his children and grandchildren down the road. So uh, you can't blame coaches for leaving, you know, uh, but – uh, it, it's tough to sustain it you know, when you're a, a so-called middle-range school. These are all great schools you mentioned, but they didn't have the, the money, the facilities, and, and all the, the backing. So, it, you know, it, it's, it's all you need help. You need help. You can't do it by yourself. No, no man's an island. You need the academic support. Like, you got a, a great 
radio show, but you got some great Americans there helping you, right? So it's uh, important. Yeah, I, I I never went into the overseas transfer portal uh, for my crew over here. You're right. I I, I I kept them Americanized, very very much so. You know, I don't have any. That's you know, I got a couple seven footers or two, but you know they're Americans. They're good footwork. You know, <laughs> got some guys getting to you know stroke the J from the outside. I'm a defensive coach. You know, like you, Pete. You know, I you, know, you got to get down and dirty, baby. You got to slap the ground two hands with a well, on the wood there, and got to play some D, man. You got to lock up, baby. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. My players thought defense was an underarm spray. Yeah. No, it's not something you spray under your arm. You got to watch them. And, and Pete, That's what... I'll get my crew, and I'll go gimmick on you too, man. I'll go diamond and one, okay? Not so much for the box. Well, I'll go triangle and two. I'll go diamond and one on you anytime, brother. Well, if you do that, I'm going to go get a beer. I won't have no answers <laughs> for that. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Pete, it's, it's the game, of course. It's always great, man. I appreciate you. What is your offseason going to be looking like now? What, what do you got going? Nothing fancy. I'm just catching up on my paper, my receipts. I was doing some of them today, you know, get my expenses, you know, so make sure, you know, my, my credit card bill doesn't blow up, you know, from uh, the trip. So I'm doing my expenses. Uh, and I do a couple of clinics and stuff. I'm going to do one at North Carolina Wesleyan. I'm going to go down there, you know, in May, little coach's clinic. So and that's about it. And, uh, Spend a little time with my family, you know, uh, be good. And uh, we have a little place up in Massachusetts, Cape Cod. Go up there and, you know, try to dodge the, you know, the sharks. Make sure they don't come after my mug. But uh, just kind of recuperate a little bit. Six months, it's a lot of traveling. You know, uh, one one trip I had, uh, you know, I was at San Francisco for a game. You're a good buddy, right, out yep. there, the big fella, yep. right? It's a tremendous guy, a wonderful player, you know, playing for the Knicks. Did an unbelievable job. Was with him, right? And then... I went to New Mexico, and then I went to Wyoming, you know, so I'm a little punchy. You know what I mean? You go from San Francisco to New Mexico to Wyoming, so I'm trying to recalibrate, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, just try to get some rest, work out a little bit, do some push-ups on a picket fence, get my strength back. Vegas, Pete. Vegas in the off season. A Vegas weekend's got to be coming, man. Let's go. I love it. If I come out, I'm going to call you. We'll go crazy. There you we'll, go. We'll, we'll dance. You know, we'll dance. We'll go crazy. But yeah, I love Vegas. Hopefully, hopefully, I get a game there next year. I'm still working, right? Hopefully, and we we can hang out. There you, you know, go. We'll hang together. We'll hang separately. You know, either way. We'll party like it's 1999, Pete. There you go. Well, let's go crazy. There you exactly. go. My friend, I appreciate it as always. Uh, great stuff. Fantastic. I appreciate the friendship, and we'll talk to you real soon. Great. Thanks for having me on, TC. You're, you're a great guy. Thank you. There you go. Pete Gillen, my man. There he is, the former head coach at Virginia, Xavier Providence, and uh, does a fantastic job with CBS. All right, we come back. We'll talk some Masters. Go out to Augusta. Check Esposito will join us, too. The Sportsbook side out at Red Rock. It's a wild Wednesday. Feeling good. Who's tired? Huh? Who needs a vitamin B12 shot? I don't know. I just need some mango. Me. There you go.